Hi, I'm Dennis Quaid, and you're listening to Life Minute TV. He's one of Hollywood's most beloved actors, but Emmy Award winner and two-time Golden Globe nominee Dennis Quaid says his first love was music. He's just released his second album, Fallen, a gospel record for sinners, and it's been number one on top Christian gospel charts for some time. The album combines seven classics and five heartfelt, inspiring originals of hope and gratitude. Basically, Quaid says, his personal story. We were honored to have him stop by the Life Minute Studios in New York City last week to tell us all about it, plus the scoop on his latest acting gigs, including his latest role as a deputy U.S. Marshal in Paramount Plus's Lawman Bass Rees. He's also portraying the 40th U.S. president in the upcoming biopic Reagan, due out in the new year. This is a Life Minute with Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid in the house. Welcome to Life Minute. Thanks so much for doing Thank this. Thank you. So glad to have you. Great to be here. How are you doing? Excellent. Whirlwind. Absolutely. You have a lot going on. The last time we spoke was uh, for the Out of the Box release. You called it a junkyard of American music. And now you recently released Fallen, a gospel record for sinners, which has been number one on many, many charts. Tell us about that. It's five songs that I wrote and then songs that I grew up with in the Baptist church. Bill Gaither and came to me and asked me if I'd be interested in doing one. And it came along at the, the exact right time. And it's really kind of, I guess, my story. It's a very personal record, I guess. That reflects my personal spiritual journey. It's a strong title. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, apropos, because where we come in life, you know, we struggle, we, we fall down, we get back up. Yet it's really, fallen refers, I guess, to the prodigal son story, which the Baptist church is just about based on. You know, that's a story where the man had two sons and his younger son says, give me my inheritance now. And he loved his son, so he gave him his inheritance now. And he went out and he spent it all on, you know, wine, women, and song. And he woke up, he was sleeping with the pigs, actually. And wanted to go back home and so he did and his father came out and he thought he was dead and he came back and he kissed him and he put clothes on him and he you know called his servants to give a party and the the older son who was out in the fields working heard about it and he came there and he was really mad at his father and he said how can you do this you know i've done everything for you you know he put the family in jeopardy and i've done everything the right way and you never slaughter a cow for me or to have a feast. And the father says, well, my son was dead and now he's alive. He was lost and now he's found. I think that's the story of all of us. Mm, that's beautiful. Did you always have that faith growing up or did it come later in life? It was all, I grew up in the Baptist church, yeah. And so that was there. And then I went through a period of, when I got to be a teenager in 17, 18, I, Got very disillusioned with the church, but I was always a seeker. I, I really turned to like Eastern religions and philosophy. I read the Dhammapada, I read the, the Bhagavad Gita, the Koran, and traveled around the world. You know, I've been to India like nine or ten times. I then also I you know was in the culture <laughs> of the time. It finally, it got about to the point where I was in rehab and got out of that, which I call cocaine school, back in like the 1990. I reread the Bible, and it was the red words of Jesus that really stuck out to me. And that's what 
really brought me back. How did you know you were in trouble? How did I know I was in trouble? <laughs> because uh, I had one of those white light experiences. I was cocaine back then was, it seemed innocuous. You know, it was at the time in the 80s, you know, just like a party type of drug, I think, that really didn't do any harm. But I think that I had a proclivity for it. And starts out as fun, then fun with problems, and then just problems. And that's when you kind of know, you know, when your friends look at you kind of funny. But I had one of those white light experiences where I, you know, I saw myself either dead or in jail or losing everything that I'd worked for. And, you know, luckily I didn't have kids or I wasn't married at the time too. And so I just checked myself in. From that, it really uh, kind of rekindled a personal relationship with Jesus, which is really what Christianity is all about. Beautiful. I love it. And you've been so open about your struggles. What would you say to people that have the same struggles? First, you got to know that you're struggling. You know, you can do it in a heartbeat. It's a decision that you make after swearing that you won't for every night. I mean, I used to lay in bed and kind of scream at God to please, you know, take it away from me. And then, it, you know, about three in the afternoon, everything would be okay. <laughs> be ready to go at it again. You know, take the step. Ask for help pray, whatever it takes. It's a higher power that gets you out of it. Obviously, you're an A-list actor, but when did you know you wanted to be a musician? I always did. You know, music was always a part of my life. My dad played piano. There was music always in the house. I got a guitar when I was 12. We spent, you know, a lot of alone time as a teenager because we moved from the block I grew up in. So I was, music was like that and my basset hound were, were basically, uh, you know, my, my close buddies, and it was a way to express itself. And I knew I was never going to be able to, like, shred a guitar. So I think I started being a songwriter as kind of a defense, and the best offense is a good defense. So it's, it's always been there. What came first, music or acting? I, I think music, because you really can't act alone. There was this teacher at the high school who went on to teach at University of Houston there. His name was Cecil Pickett. He taught my brother and myself. I was going to be a veterinarian. That's really what I wanted to be. Getting into drama, it's, you know, suddenly a light went off. As far as music and everything, I, I wanted to do it, but I just, I guess I didn't know how. And being in Mr. Pickett's class or whatever, it was t kind of taught as a craft. And it seemed to be, there was a pathway that I could see there. But I always thought the two would intersect. Sure did. <laughs> My grandfather bought you that guitar. Yeah, he bought it at Western Auto. <laughs> the Western Auto was selling some pretty mean guitars. Did you have lessons? At that time. No, I never, had, I never really had a lesson. I just got a chord book and did it that way. Just picked things up from people along the way. <laughs> amazing um, and you auditioned in a coffee shop as a teenager and somebody told you yeah <laughs> that was where that intersection really kind of split they they had clubs back then uh you know that was kind of i think the folk era as well you know as it was what 60 uh, 79 71 something like that and uh, they called them coffee houses you know i went and auditioned this lady was behind the, the desk smoking a cigarette and she said, what you have will be good for living rooms, but uh, you'll never make it. Aww. And so, you know, I believed her. I went out to my car and said, well, I guess it's acting. But now when I do shows, 
I just tell people, welcome to my living room. <laughs> so. That's great. Oh, if she could see you now. I wish she could. And, you know, you're from Texas, so that's kind of a given. You're kind of country, I'd say. Country yeah, I grew up in Houston, and Houston is, you know, it's almost like West Louisiana in a way, and it's got such a, a mix of incredible music, you know, from the regions there. It was country, and then you had all the Louisiana, like, Zydeco music, Cajun music, and... You know, Houston was a very cosmopolitan and stuff. My dad was really into like Bing Crosby and Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, and all that. And then, of course, the Beatles came along. So it was in rock and roll. It was very wide variety. I was thinking last night when you you played the Killer too, and you really were playing, weren't you? Yeah, I uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. I got that role. I think it was like 33, and I had a year to prepare for it. And so I was at the piano like 12 hours a day and. I was on cocaine at the time, so it was like, <laughs> so you, can there, you can sit there for all night. But I had a year to prepare for it, and Jerry Lee was one of my teachers, actually. That must have been amazing for you. Yeah, it was, it was quite an experience. And Bass Reeves is fantastic, too. Mm. Tell us about that. I'm really proud of that. Taylor Sheridan Western, uh, about Bass Reeves, who was the first black U.S. deputy marshal. Uh, we're talking about 1870s, you know, back in Oklahoma what they called Indian country back then. And uh, David Oyelowo is playing Bass Reeves. It's great to do westerns. They're just so much fun to do. You ride a horse, you shoot. And this is, it's very authentic as all Taylor Sheridan stuff is. I love it. Really good, Paramount Plus. And then um, you're portraying uh, Ronald Reagan in a film mm -hmm. coming out. Yeah, that's coming out in May of 2024. And we made it three years ago. You know, it's been a long time in post and it's time for it to come out. How did you prepare for that role? Well, he was already my favorite president. He was the first president I voted for and I voted for him when I came back to the apartment I was living. I had a roommate and he asked me who I voted for. I said, Reagan. He said, you were kicked out of the hippies. You know, there was a lot of videotape, you know, went back and reviewed. It was rather daunting to play somebody so well known. I played a lot of real people before, but I think was the most intimidating. It was also very hard to get to because he was kind of unknowable in a way to, uh, I think, the world. Who are you voting for this year? <laughs> that is on you. <laughs> you don't have to answer that. Well. If you want to. We'll see what happens. Oh, I love it, I love it, I love it. What's your favorite role you've ever done? My favorite role is the, the right stuff. How come? Playing an astronaut. It was the ultimate boys' fun game. I wanted to be an astronaut as a kid. I was playing my favorite astronaut. I got my pilot's license out of that. Is there anything this guy can't do? My God. All you need is time. If you have time on your hands, you can do anything. I love that. That's good. Last time we spoke, you were planning your wedding. How's your married life been? I love it. I have the closest relationship with Laura and I do. Every day is an adventure. Awesome. What current music do you listen to now? It's always on your playlist. Frank Sinatra. I've been doing going through the Frank Sinatra songbook. Yeah, there's some really great stuff in there. What would your current self tell your younger self? Take it easy. And since this is Life Minute, what's your best life advice? Take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> to see more of this interview, visit our website, lifeminute.tv. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Life Minute TV.